I'm Bianca, and I'm Gen Z. I'm Molly, a millennial. I am Arnisha, Generation X. And I'm Micah, the Boomer. We, we are, are Day Talk. Talk. Four women, four generations, and four unique points of view. Hi, this is Dame Micah. Today's episode is all about health. We are really excited because we have a guest, Roz Brooks, hailing from Las Vegas. And Roz is going to talk to us about her journey um, in this space. But before she does that, and I'm actually going to read this because she's done so many great things, I don't want to forget. So I'm going to read her intro and let you know a little bit about Roz. Uh, she is a health and wellness coach, a community garden founder, and creator of Well Women of Color, an formative movement that empowers women to holistically heal their bodies from the inside out. Within her community online, she invites women into a simple and supportive journey to reclaim their health from excess weight, disease, and stress. And we are like so timely because we have been feeling that everybody for the last couple of years, at least me personally. Um, and she's also an instructor in every sense of the word. She teaches women how to think, eat, and move healthier so that they can be their own best doctors. That's her perspective, that uh, you can create the spiritual and physical and mental energy to go after your God-given purpose. Um, and also, when I mentioned she uh, is the founder of a community garden, it's called Vegas Roots. And it's the first urban community garden, along with the first mobile farmer's market in the city of Las Vegas. So she's got a lot of firsts under her belt. Mm -hmm. And uh, she serves 2,000 people per year from its soil. That's like a lot of people. That's yeah. awesome. Mm -hmm. um, so Rosalind, uh, Roz began connecting with women who are battling weight gain, which is a, a challenge for a lot of us and also other health crises. And as the word spread, hundreds of women flocked to the garden for vegan, co vegan cooking demos, uh, guided grocery shopping, and um, her infamous health hacks, daily health hacks. So you really like integrated it all. Um, and you, I mean, when you say inside out, you really mean it, and I think that's awesome. Um, one thing I forgot to mention is how I met Roz, which was at a health and wellness conference in Brooklyn. So she came all the way to Vegas for this conference. It was um, focused on towards women. That was the audience. And I just happened to meet her through a friend. And when Roz started speaking about the work that she was doing, and when you look at Roz, you know she's doing it right because she looks fantastic. <laughs> and so whatever you're doing is working for you. So I'm, I, I'm sure that's also a motivator for other women, um, definitely for me. So I just knew when we had this topic just about women and health, Roz had to be one of our guests. So I'm really excited, Roz. I, can you just kind of share with our listeners about your journey and how you got to where you are today with all the fantastic work you're doing? My journey started as a stay-at-home mom. I have two millennials that I raised, uh, two daughters, they're 27 and 29. Uh, so started as a stay-at-home mom and during that time I started a construction cleanup company 
and after the girls got into middle school, they were like, mom, you got to get a life. You're not coming to the middle school trying to volunteer. Like that is a, that's a hard no, mom. Because <laughs> they know I'd have been like trying to be the hall monitor and all that stuff. So I was like, okay, well, I guess I gotta find something to do. Uh, so I started a construction cleanup company, did that for a while, had a crew that would go out. Um, and then I decided that I was going to get a real job. And in addition to the, uh, in addition to the, the construction cleanup company and became a school teacher. They had a program where if you had a bachelor's degree in basket weaving and you just had blood flowing through your veins, we would put you in the classroom. <laughs> so I went through that program called the ARL program, standing for Alternative Route to Licensure Program. And it was the last cohort that actually paid for you to get a master's degree uh, in education so that you could really be qualified. And so I ended up, uh, that was such a great experience because I was able to get a free master's degree. And so I taught for about seven years until um, I think I stopped teaching um, like in 2007, I stopped teaching and toward the end, toward the last year of teaching, I started a mobile um, oil changing business, which I still have today. I have two vans and two crews, and we actually go to your house or your job and change the oil in your car, truck, fleet, van, motorcycle, camper, all of that. Uh, for the first two years of that, I was owner operator, and it was just crazy because I literally went to a few um, businesses that had called to say they wanted their oil change probably thought I was like the secretary answering the phone scheduling it and then when I show up in coveralls going hey can I have the keys to your car they're like uh no thank you we'll take our shit to Jiffy Lube you know <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah mm-hmm wow. they're like uh you a woman and you black uh you don't know nothing about no oil so <laughs> and this I, is in Vegas huh and this is in Vegas uh-huh, yeah, this is in Vegas. Oh my God. So I did it for the first two years until it started to, you know, generate enough revenue to where I could hire someone, which I was really thankful for. My husband works in sales, and so he's in the field, so he would keep coveralls in his car just in case I got into a bind. And I ended up getting Fox Rent-A-Car. I don't know if they're on the East Coast, but they're like really huge, and they would call me and say, we got 25 oil changes we need done today. And I'm like, oh, snaps. And I'm like, honey, uh, I need you to take your gaiters off, take your tie off, put your coveralls on. <laughs> so he would meet me. We would knock out 20, 25 cars. Probably take us like two, three hours. So wow. I was glad to give that up uh, when, I, when I hired someone else. So I did that while I was teaching. And then... In 2007, just really felt God calling me out of the classroom. Wasn't sure what. Well, no, I thought it was to start a homeless shelter because that's always been my passion. I've always uh, been in, been on all the homeless ministry committees and all of that with church, and that's what I really wanted to do. I went to Boston, and uh, they have a homeless 
a homeless shelter. I think it's called St. Francis of something. But I absolutely loved it. It was 10 stories. You can walk in homeless with nothing in January. And by September, you walk out, you've got a, a little associate's degree. You're clean. You're, you know, your credit's good. Like literally just really, really transformative. And, and like God did so many things leading me up to going to Boston, which that story was just crazy, even how I got there for free. And I'm like, oh yeah, I know this, I know this is what I'm about to do, you know? So when I really felt God calling me out of the classroom, like that's what I thought it was for. So I started trying to find the, um, the house that I was gonna use, cause I wanted a day shelter. I don't know about um, on the East Coast, but here most homeless shelters, you have to leave at like six in the morning. Remember how Will Smith, when he, when he had that movie, like you got to leave and then you got to be back by, you know, five or whatever. So you can't stay there during the day. Oh, and okay. My thing was I wanted to have somewhere for them to come during the day, like a computer room and a shower and a clothing room and the food, you know, all of that. So I found this little abandoned house not far from homeless road that like really would have been perfect it had a um like a tuplex in the back of it so i had all these plants and it was just boarded up but it was like filthy 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 like the yard and like it probably had been un lived in for i don't know 20 years right so oh. i get a few friends of mine and i'm like i know that this is my house i know that this is it i had them chicks every saturday we was going cleaning it up we we couldn't even get in the yard we had to climb the fence because i had a lock on the gate and i would have uh, hefty bags and so we cleaned up all the glass and the trash like literally every week i'm like i know that that's gonna be mine um so i'm like trying to figure out who the owner is and trying to see how i could secure funding for it I had talked to the city council, a friend of mine who was on the city council and all of this. So by the time I was really ready to make a move and I gave my notice to the school district, I'm like, I'm out of here. It was like June at the end of the school year. And I was telling my principal, hey, I'm not coming back in August. Like, you know, so I was just really, really like, I knew that this was my path. And I'm pretty sure 20 minutes after I quit my job, every avenue to open up the homeless shelter shut. Every single door, window, crack, <laughs> everything closed up. Wow. Like the, the house, there is no way that, that I could even rent it or buy it due to it was being in held up in some kind of court battle or whatever. And then the city council or our, our, our local government would no longer provide social service licenses for anybody. Like they had this moratorium where they weren't gonna be offering that for like two years because there were so many social service agencies and they didn't want to really be bothered with the homeless anymore. Our, our uh, mayor at the time, Oscar Goodman was like, we're shipping the homeless off to Timbuktu. Like we've got to get them out of the city. We've got to clean up our city. And so my friend on the city council was like, Roz, I'm really, really sorry, but there's just no way you could start a day shelter. Yeah. There's no way. And I was like, what in the hell? Like, you don't even know. I, it was like such a crazy time. Cause I'm like, I know that I heard right. I felt right, you know? And that's one thing when you are following any path in your life, it's really important that 
that gut feeling that you have, like, and, and especially as women, that's our strength. That's what we listen to, you know, and I know that I really, really felt it. And um, prior to me quitting my job as a school teacher, you know, my prayer is always, God, if you give it to me, give it to my husband first, so we're not battling in the home, you know, and I was making more than him as a school teacher. And of course, I wasn't making that much. And so I'm trying to come to him and say, hey, my whole paycheck is not going to be coming in anymore. And the girls were in middle school. And I'm like, okay, God, I'm gonna give you two weeks to put it in his spirit, you know, so that when I go to him, he's like, dang, I heard, I, that was like, I dreamt you was quitting or somebody mentioned you like, you know, like that's, that's how God can do it, you know. So we always take an after dinner walk. And after like a couple of weeks, I said, you know, I really, really feel God calling me out of the classroom. We had like this two hour conversation and going over it, and he was like, hey, if that's what you feel God calling you to do, like we'll tighten up our belt and that's what we'll do. So of course, once every door closed to the homeless shelter, like I'm really confused now, like what in the hell? And uh, I went through like two weeks of having this pity party and crying and like, should I call my principal back or whatever? And I heard this song that came on the radio and the song is by John Waller. And the song just simply says, serve me while you wait. And that really, really touched my soul because that was God speaking to me like, stop tripping. You didn't hear wrong just serve me while you wait, you know? And I knew what that meant. I began to just volunteer at every homeless shelter, just volunteer with others who, who were, um, you know, out there in the trenches already doing it. And I remember once my pastor saying uh, in a sermon was like, if stop sitting on the pews year after year after year, not doing anything with the excuse of, I don't know what God want me to do. I don't know what my purpose is. I don't know. He was like, find some damn body who do know what God wants them to do and help them out until you figure out, you know? Right. And I thought about that and I just began to, to volunteer and serve. And, you know, I was in, I was really enjoying it. And then uh, I was in a, I've always, you know, of course been in business, still have the mobile oil changing business, always been into health. I um, used to babysit when I was like 12 for the neighbor who was a, an Italian lady married to a black guy and they lived in my black neighborhood. And I used to babysit for her and she was really into health and she was a vegetarian and I learned a lot from her. And that's really what started me on that path, babysitting for her. Cause my family was eating hog moths for breakfast. So I ain't nothing about no health. <laughs> and, um, so I was at a business meeting once and Frank Hawkins, who is the former Raider running back for the Raiders and he was a city councilman and president of the NAACP at the time. He's at the meeting and we we're chatting and I was saying, you know, it would be so wonderful if as I'm teaching women how to be healthy and how to eat healthy, that there was somewhere that we could go just to buy fresh fruits and vegetables. Um, like right in our community. And he said, you know, I have five acres of land. There has been three organizations um, who have wanted to use it to start a community garden. And I'm, I'm from Vegas. I don't know nothing about a community garden. I ain't never been to one. 
I don't even think I ever heard one until that time. And he said, why don't you, why don't you grow? Why don't you start that? And I'm like, I want them to grow, whoever them is. No, I just want to go somewhere and buy the stuff. I don't know nothing about planting. You didn't think you would be the one doing it, right? You just wanted to, that's, yeah. I never planted a seed, never did any of that. And he said, you know, I've offered it to, you know, three organizations, but you can't get two people together to actually make a decision and do anything. And so there the land sits. And so I went and... It was just this barren piece of land. I could show you guys, um, screen share and show you some pictures if you like, but it was just this barren land with all, it, it was the homeless house times 2000, like just boulders and dirt, old trailers and tires and just, cause he was also a contractor. And so all the trash from sites went to that site. Uh, to hold until they could find somewhere, I guess, to take it or use those scraps for other other projects. And the land just really spoke to me. Um, and I just said, God, if this is what's next, let's do the damn thing. So I went to the nursery uh, and didn't know one plant from another. I only thing I recognized was an aloe vera plant. So I bought that. I bought an aloe vera plant, brought it back to that land, sat it in the middle of the five acres and said, okay, you're about to grow. Like, I need you to do what you were, you know, created to do. And from that point on, just one seed at a time, one pair of hands at a time, one everything at a time, it just grew. And now it's a really, really amazing space. I still look at it. and just cannot even believe that I said yes, first of all, that I stayed committed um, and that I just had faith that I could do it, you know? So that's how I ended up being a farmer. And you're vegan now, right? Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, and so are you finding um, that now that you have this garden and you, you got the community involved that more women are heading that way because of your, you know, coaching and inspiration? Uh, no. No, okay. <laughs> I have to drag, drag women uh, <laughs> down the path. And, you know, I, I do share with the women that I coach. You don't have to be, uh, you don't have to be a vegan to be healthy. So it's really not a requirement. You know, I do educate them on, you know, what cheese and dairy is doing to the body, the mucus, the inflammation. I educate them on what meat is actually doing to the body and, you know, how to eat meat in a way that it ain't going to kill you or clog you up or, you know, those kinds of things and get them to like reduce their meat consumption, making it a part of the meal, not the meal with the veggies being, you know, a um, topping and kind of reversing it around. But yeah. It's not a requirement. <laughs> what a fascinating story, Roz. Thank, thank you so much for sharing it. And it was just like, even as you were telling it, it felt like one thing. I was like, oh, okay. So I guess she did. She did the homeless shelter for a while, and then she did something else, and then just hearing about that suddenly not working because of the city and just so many, I think, obstacles that were thrown up. It was really inspiring to sit here and listen to it. I'm curious, how did you? Um, 
once you started on this, this current path, how did you first start finding, um, you know, your clients or the people, the women who were participating um, in the, in the program? Was it just through community outreach and engagement or curious about, about that piece a little bit? Um, well, I actually didn't start teaching health and wellness. That wasn't even my intention. So that too, just organically happened. Uh, I, this is my 10 year anniversary doing the garden. We started in March of 2010. Congratulations. I, that's huge. That's awesome. I didn't start teaching health in the capacity that I am and in the way that I am until four years ago. I think it was about four years ago. So up until then, my head was just down in the soil, just trying to make anything grow and, and trying to build the garden out. And my husband has a friend that he hadn't seen or talked to in like 10 years. And he came to town and he called, my husband's name is Malcolm. He called Malcolm and he was like, hey, brother, I'm in town. I'm speaking at a church. And why don't you come through? Like, I'd love to see you and catch up. And, and so Malcolm asked me if I wanted to go. And I'm like, well, what's he talking about? He's like, I don't know. You know, I'm just going to say hi afterwards or whatever. So we went. He's a, he was a Seventh-day Adventist, or he is a Seventh-day Adventist. And it turned out it was a health lecture. And I'm telling you, the things that I learned, I thought I knew what being healthy was. I really had no clue. After hearing what he was talking about, I was blown away, <laughs> like really, really blown away. And it was from Friday to Sunday. By Monday, my husband and I were both vegans. Like literally, we went from- Wow. Eating chicken on Friday, probably before we went to the church, <laughs> went to lunch and had some chicken. Um, but yeah, we were vegans by Monday. And I was just really, really, really fascinated with what I learned from him. Talked to him afterwards. He lived in Phoenix, Arizona. And I was like, I have to learn. How do I learn what you just shared, what you just taught? And it is called a medical missionary. And that's what he is, is a medical missionary. And I was like, how do I get trained? How do I learn it? And he said, um, I don't have another session coming up, but when I do, I'll let you know, because he actually was certifying people at the time. He had had a couple of cohorts that, that went through his certification program. I was like, dang, you know, like, uh, but like, when is, when is another session going to be ready? He's like, I don't know, really. It was, and it was like, I think in, in the month of like August, he's like, maybe next year. I was like, geez. Well, it turns out he called me like two weeks later and he was like, rise, I'm actually going to start. There's a um, facility that opened up, blah, blah, blah. I have a whole list. Da, da, da. So long story short, for eight weeks, I flew to Phoenix on my own dime every weekend for eight weeks. Wow. From Friday to Sunday and really, really learned. I came back and immediately, like oh, I hardly knew anything in depth, but I was like, the eight things I know, I'm teaching it. I'm gonna teach what I know, you know? And I did some Facebook uh, posts and was calling all my cousins and friends and I'm like, hey, I'm teaching a class, it's gonna be at the garden, it's gonna be, look, I was trying to do a six month every weekend class. No people's attention span ain't but 20 minutes mm -hmm. long. <laughs> right. And mind you, I only know like eight things at this point. <laughs> 
<laughs> so I just started teaching, ended up literally changing that six month session down to 12 weeks in the middle of the session, uh, did it down to 12 weeks. And I think I only had like 12 people. And so then from then on every like 14 weeks, I would do either a nine week or a 12 week session, probably like two a year actually that I would do. And I would get the people just like door to door dang near everybody I knew I'd be guilting people on Facebook guilting people everywhere I go like you know it was like $50 a month and I'm like really you you won't even pay damn $12 a week you know I'm just <laughs> I'm guilting them like that you know and so they were begrudgingly like fine I sit in your damn class but I ain't I ain't giving up bacon I ain't giving up fried chicken I, you know, um and I just I just really, really stuck with it, learned as much as I could, just kept going and going and going. And that's how I ended up actually getting certified as a medical missionary and then starting to teach and doing it on site. And one day I was just like in my prayer closet and really felt as though it was time for me to expand it and go online. Cause I could only hold like 15 or 20. I have a classroom at the garden. I could only hold like 15 or 20 women in there and uh, decided that I was going to start teaching online. You know, didn't know how that was going to work or if it would have as much of an impact. So I'll tell you like during the, I think I was like three years teaching at the garden. Um, almost everyone I work with was able to get off of diabetes medication. They got off of high blood pressure medication. They were no longer asthmatic. They didn't have to have insulin shots. Like Incredible. The, women, the women lost 20 to 30 pounds in 12 weeks. And so when I was having that kind of uh, results from the onsite classes, I was like, wow, I wonder if I could do that online because on-site like the accountability was like tight you know they had we every saturday i taught and look my stuff was three hours like don't even think you're going like i get them there and damn they're keeping hostage <laughs> <laughs> i did a two-hour lecture and then the last hour i did a vegan cooking demonstration so showing them you know how to prepare meals in a healthy way and then they would have lunch and you know all of that and then I would be popping up on their jobs. Like one lady, she worked for the school district. I was in the area. So I'm like, I'm gonna pop in on her job. I'm walking up, her back is to me because she in her little cubicle, she eating a cookie, she on the phone. I'm like tapping her. She's like, ah, girl, rise the shoulder, rise the shoulder. <laughs> she was talking to somebody else in the class. She was like, showed up and call me eating damn cookie. So like I was doing stuff like that, going to their house, throwing shit away out their cabinet. <laughs> they didn't really have a choice but to succeed. Uh, so wow. I really wasn't sure how it would transfer online, but it really has. Um, it really has been successful online as well because social media platforms allow you to have a human touch even though it's a digitally based program because we have a Facebook group and I can go in there and be like hey you got your water you got your walk-in what you're doing da, da, da. you know and I can like do that and, and keep them engaged and all of that so that's pretty much how I ended up doing this and now I'm ready to throw the garden in the trash sell K&K mobile oil so that I can just do this. That's incredible. Wow. 
Yeah. Wow. So you mentioned a lot of things that you've done. What are you the most proud of and why? Oh, the garden by far, thus far, is the most, um, that, that is just like the proudest 10 years thus far of my life. You know, besides the, of course, obvious things like the birth of my children, meeting my husband, you know, that kind of stuff. Um, but outside of all of that, definitely the garden, um, mainly because it has, uh, it has allowed me to really see that I can take a blank slate, I can take a barren anything and turn it into something physical. I can turn it into something. I can take my thoughts and take my dreams and literally just manifest it from the dirt, you know? And I, and I knew that if I could do that once, that I could do it again. And it has just really encouraged me and given me this faith and this, you know, I have zero fear, like zero fear about starting or doing or going anywhere. Um, you know, I will like pick up and fly around the world. In fact, I did that. Like my ultimate thing is to retire in the DR, the Dominican Republic. I went over there twice with, like I want to start a juice bar on the beach. I went over there twice with my blender and juicer in my suitcase going <laughs> up and down the beach. I'm going, you know how there's like bars and restaurants along the beach. So I'm like, hey, can I use your power? I want to like, you know, do some smooth samples because I brought alcohol because I'm like, you know, you could do the alcohol, the rum with the fruit, make it healthy with some greens. And they're like, no, 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 no. <laughs> so finally, one um they did uh, the boards, surfing boards. It was like one of those kind of shops. And he was like, sure, because he's like, that'll bring people, you know, over here. And it really, really was a hit. I just couldn't believe it. Because, you know, they have fruit trees all over the freaking island, but there, there's no place where you, they were like, you put the fruit in a blender? Like, what? <laughs> I'm like, damn, what century are we in? Like, and they just, <laughs> couldn't believe it they couldn't believe it and it really was a hit so that's ultimately what i want to do so again that goes back to i don't have fear i don't care about failing i don't care about failing okay the shit fail like okay what next you know because i nothing beats a fail but a try and there's just no that's way right. there's no way i'm going to accomplish what i want in life the wouldas the couldas what if that how i'm gonna pay for it, blah 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 i don't care about none of that if god even he, a hint put it in me i'm gone he'd be like wait 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 i didn't even get you all the damn instructions like wait i'm already out the door like, what? <laughs> so, the garden is definitely just it has just been the catalyst to every great thing that's going to happen in my future I just want to say, I think that 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 has I'm, I'm obviously pretty new to my professional life and my career. And something I really like that you I feel like is a theme and what you're talking about is sort of listening a lot and listening and, and really like inwardly looking at yourself and being like, what do I want right now? What can I do right now? And not letting all the practical negative stuff that people people and the world would normally yell at you and say, you know, you can't start a juice bar in the Dominican Republic. Just not letting that, that 
come into your brain at all. I think that's really incredible because as someone who just graduated college, I have all of these ideas of like, oh, like maybe I could do this with my life or maybe I could do this or I don't want to just do one thing with my life. I want to do seven different things. Am I allowed to do that? And it's you, your story is making me feel like, yes, I am allowed to do all of the things I want to do eventually and just like let let them come as they come so I think that is really really nice to hear so yeah, I really like that's, that that's one thing that I teach my daughters that it's okay to have a, a vision and a desire to do something but don't be so you know just don't don't be have such tunnel vision where you can't see anything else like you have to have some flexibility for God or the universe to move you left or right like I thought I was going to start a homeless shelter so imagine if I was so just stuck on that mm -hmm. that when the opportunity came to start the garden I'm like nope I want to start a homeless shelter that's not you know and so you have to be mindful that some of your desires are purely to get you to the next space. You know, and I used to say all the time, like God had such a sense of humor because for me to think that I'm gonna do a homeless shelter, I ran out of the classroom. If I'd have felt or known that I was gonna be a farmer, I'd still be teaching right now. Like, no, I'm not doing that, like what? You know, it's like there's just no way I would have done that. And so that is what will happen throughout the course of your life things will kind of you know weave you left and right trying to get you to the space that you, you um, are destined to be and another thing that you just said molly that i want to share with you in that you can have seven eight nine things that you want to do and i encourage you to write them all down and choose one. What I find, because uh, I mentor a lot of people who are wanting to start businesses and you know wanting to just get their life right. When you want to do so many things, you, you get stuck because you don't know which one to do first. You're trying to figure, like you're just literally stuck, you know? And I tell people, write them all down and just choose one. Go through that list, see what resonates most right now, see which one you can do right now. You know, like my friend uh, wanted to open up like this healthy chain of 7-Eleven, it's like a 7-Eleven model, but it's like healthy, healthy food. Uh, choose something a little bit simpler than that, boo, because you got $12 in the bank. You got a whole <laughs> list of other things and trust that the things that you can do now will lead you. And you know, another thing on her thing was start a mommy blog. Bet, let's do that. <laughs> let's do that because that's easy and it will lead you ultimately to cross off everything on your list. Right. Let me, um, cause I don't know if y'all have the screen share set up. So this is what the garden looked like. Wow. When I started it and. And is water an issue? Cause you're, you are in the desert. We have, you know, like all of our yards out here have to have irrigation. Okay. Wow. I can't see. Yeah. Um, and listeners, we will, if uh, we will post these on our website too, so you can yeah, see yeah, these so pictures as well. Basically, Ross. basically Roz turned like a, a desolate looking parking lot into growing food. So. <laughs> right. So let me show you what it looks like now. And yeah. Phoebe, you said 2,000 people a year? Mm -hmm. That's awesome. That's incredible. Oh, wow. Wow, look at that. Yeah. That's rows and rows, vegetables. Yeah. 
So I, I, uh, my family also actually just went vegan, my whole family together. Mm -hmm. Um, and we, um, did it because in sort of the same type of situation, we, my mom had been harping on us all summer to watch this documentary called Game Changers. I don't know if you've watched it or not, but it's basically about, um, vegan athletes, vegan Olympic Olympians, vegan Guinness world record holders, like all of these vegan people. And it sort of goes into them, uh, goes into the myth that you have to eat meat to get protein. Right. Um, and so we watched this documentary and it's, you know, it's only an hour long and it just goes through all these stories of different people, all of the health benefits of, of eating a plant-based diet and, you know, how it's been proven that, you know, like you said, like blood pressure, diabetes, all these different things, um, are improved by a plant-based diet and literally next day we were vegan our whole family and you know so far we're all still vegan so it's been since august so it's been about four months now and you know like i i don't feel anything missing i feel great i, I think i definitely have more energy and my mom is saying the same thing um yeah. so it's yeah hearing that hearing that you're spreading that is really cool yeah um, yeah yeah, yeah. But yeah, I would definitely check out the documentary Game Changers. It's on Netflix. It's really good. Okay. I'll watch that. <laughs> so, Roz, um, thank you so much. Um, I think you need to be a motivational speaker next. <laughs> you have definitely motivated us um, in your journey and what you have accomplished from where you started. And, and I know you have so much more you're going to do. Um, so if that's not on your list, maybe think about it. Motivational speaker will be like, yeah, right. Yeah, I, I actually, like, I do a lot of that. I just okay. don't get paid. Uh, well, maybe yeah. that should be on your list, getting paid. <laughs> right. Um, yeah, I would definitely like to do it a lot more, though. That That is in my future. Yeah, you might, you might want to get an agent. I think you're agent material now, so. I have one. Uh, oh, you, you do? Yeah. Okay, see? You just now have to get paid. You got everything else. You just need to. To get paid, so yeah. I, I yeah. did you hear me? Like I have one. You, you're, you're my agent. You're oh, I'm your agent. Oh, <laughs> well then I got to get on my job because I got to get you paid. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Um, Dames, did you have any other questions for Roz um, before we wrap up? I think I could go on for for days and days, but this has been so helpful. I've been taking notes over here of your your tips. This idea of just like write down all the things you want to do so helpful and then just believe that like whatever you do first there's no my i always struggle with like oh maybe it's the wrong decision like oh it's going to be the there wrong choice what's the right the choice decision. there yes. is never ever ever a wrong decision it's just another learning opportunity because the things so to give you an example of that i the the garden is a nonprofit. And so I had never wrote, written grants, done nothing about that, but they were so expensive that I just had to start trying to figure out how to write my own. And I'm YouTubing and researching and all that. So I started to write grants. And uh, I would be so disappointed when I wouldn't get it. You know, I'd write like a $2,000 grant, don't get it. Just, just a lot of rejection, rejection. But over time, I'm still getting, you know, just getting better and better at writing grants. Well, guess what? I wrote a half a million dollar USDA grant and I got that one. Whoa. Wow, that's great. So, so cool. I look back on all the ones that I didn't get, all the grants that I failed at, but those were preparation for this thing. 
you know, and it really does just blow me away that once you, you, once you absolutely have faith that you have all you need, let me tell you this, this changed my life. I think I was probably in my early thirties and I was in LA visiting my aunt and she said, you already have everything in you that you need to do anything. And I just really couldn't understand. Like, I was like, no, I don't have the money to do this. I don't have this. I don't have the degree, blah, blah, blah. And she said, you absolutely have every single thing in you that you need. Now, I totally know that to be true. I totally know that to be true. I started the garden with no money. Guess what? Five acres worth a million dollars was donated to me. All I needed was the faith that I can do it. I didn't need the money. The money and the, the land came, you know, and it's just the same with everything that I have done. I have everything. Once I knew, look, I didn't know how to write grants. I didn't have a grant writer. I didn't have this. Guess what? I had it in me. I had everything in me. And so now that I know that, man, I don't care what I don't see on the outside. <laughs> I already got everything on the inside, you know, and this last venture that I'm doing right now, this is, you know, this is why I was sharing earlier that I'm ready to sell K&K Mobile Oil. I'm ready to uh, move on from the garden. This half a million dollar grant is two, two years. And so we're into the first year right now. So after that, I really plan to give the keys of the dirt back to Frank Hawkins, who donated it to me. Mm -hmm. uh, but what I really want to do is, and this is uh, when I met Micah, shared like my dream of my program, my online program being, um, I describe it as Weight Watchers dipped in chocolate. Mm. And I really, really wanted to be the Weight Watchers for black women, black and brown women, because Weight Watchers, Nutrisystem, Jenny Craig is not our target market, no matter what, right? So that's just always been my vision. Didn't know how, don't know, you know. And when I started teaching online, and as you asked earlier, like, how did you get people? It was the same way, like getting people to join. It was like $29 a month. Then I went to $17 a month. Then I went to $14 a month, you know. And like, I'm doing two live Zoom calls a month. We got a Facebook group. I have a portal with recipes and you know just all kinds of stuff right still trying to get people to pay $14 and so my my goal like my husband and I would talk and I'm like you know I need to partner with an insurance company just like your insurance will pay for your gym membership will pay for a Weight Watchers membership like I need him to pay for Wellness University which is what my online program is called um so what's next for you so what's next is I want to sell my mobile oil company. I want to turn over the keys to the garden and just wear one hat and really focus on the wellness program, which I describe it as <clears throat> Weight Watchers dipped in chocolate. And my goal is to eventually partner with all the major health insurance companies. So just as they are offering memberships to the gym, memberships to Weight Watchers, that they can also include my program, which is specifically geared toward black and brown women. And currently I just, um, I am doing a study with Edna, 
who is funding me to work with 100 women of color who are type 2 diabetic. And it's a four-month study. It's going extremely well just in two and a half weeks' time. The blood sugars are lowering. And in two and a half weeks, most of the women have lost 10 pounds. Wow. Um, so I'm really, really excited about that. Can't wait for the results. It ends on January 30th, so I'll definitely have to come back in February and let you know how successful that was. Oh, you would love it. And you probably have a ton more of, of things that you're doing as well in addition to that. So um, we will definitely book you for February. I might have to get on your calendar now just so you don't back out because you're going to be too busy. <laughs> yes, because soon you're going to have to call my secretary. you got to call. Y'all not just going to be able to get me just like, Hey, you available? Can you talk? Uh, no, you gotta go. It's, it's gonna be levels change. <laughs> I'm like I said, I'm gonna book you now. Don't you worry. We'll get around it. I always be here for you. You were so instrumental with just helping me when uh, I started this journey of, of doing the online. So I'm super thankful for you. Well, we are so happy to have you uh, as a guest. You're really, really motivational, inspirational. I mean, um, I just got excited with all the things that you shared with us. And I thank you for that. And I absolutely um, want to be there for you as you continue. I'm already thinking in my head, I'm like, I, would, I have a few people I would love to be part of this study. I don't even know if that's possible. We'll talk offline. But you know, it's just helping women of color with these diseases that they really like over index and yeah. it's so needed. And, and we can't be on medication the rest of our lives. We need to really make a huge change. So you are truly making a difference in the purpose that you have in, in this world um, is shining through. So and I, I want to have all that you had. Like, I was like, the energy you gave us today was so needed and it's so perfect, especially when we're all kind of on a, a happy high anyway from just what we've been going through these last few days. So you are the icing on the cake for me, um, really. Thank you. thank you, thank you. And I, you know, I just want to encourage our listeners to understand that we don't have as much time as we think we have, you know, and that's why I... That's why I don't let fear keep me from doing anything. You know, even when my daughters were in their early 20s, the best advice that I could give them is you don't have as much time as you think you're going to have, as you think you have, because you literally just wake up one day and you're 35 and you're 40 and you're 50. Um, and it takes from, from an idea to actually implementing it and maybe making it success and all of that, that, that process is about five years. I don't even care if you start, start the business or start the thing within six to seven months. It's literally like five years or three to five years, you know, minimum that you just get comfortable and it gets going. So with that in mind, like don't start the stuff when you're 40 and now you're 45, like start it when you're 25, start it when you're 30, you know? So I just want to encourage your listeners to just, do it as nike says there is no slogan that resonates with me more in life than that slogan because it really really is true who gives a damn if it fails i don't care if i lose money the house burned the car gets stolen. like i don't care those are material things um, that i can always get back i can always make more money i don't care about 
any of that, you know, and so I just want to encourage you to really, really just go for it. Thank you. And that's a perfect note to end on, except for maybe we'll see you in the Dominican Republic where we're, we, we may all retire there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much, Roz. Thank You're you. You're welcome. So nice to meet you, ladies. Any of you are welcome to call me anytime, email me anytime. If you have any ventures that you're wanting to start and you like my advice, a friend of Micah is definitely a friend of mine. So I'm Thank here you. for you. Thank you so much. Thank you. All right. If you have any questions, email us at dametalk4 at gmail.com. That's dametalk and the number four at gmail. To learn more about us and these topics, check out our website at dametalkpodcast.com. You can also find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Thanks for listening. This is Dame Talk. We don't know everything, but we know enough.